really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. As always, I'm your host, David Lawrence, and today we've got our most frequent recurring guest joining us once again, making it a cool baker's dozen, it's fellow Free Jack fanatic, and frankly, friend, it's Phil Harris of the Jacks Rangers show. Phil, buddy, it's been just over a week since we toasted the championship victory for our beloved Free Jacks. How the heck are you doing? Uh, I'm on cloud nine. I feel like a million bitcoins right now, David. Like it's 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 uh, what's that worth anyway? I mean, it like thirty five thousand. It kind of goes up and down, so that's pretty good. Um, you know, I, I just feel on cloud nine. I like I've I've never been better. I, I, you know, it feels good to be good. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. I mean, you had me on your show long before this season even started, and we did our way too early predictions. Neither of us thought things would go this well. I mean, we, we, you know, we certainly had hope we were contenders, but we weren't talking about this kind of season, I don't think. No, I mean, I think that we all understand that the Free Jacks had enough talent to really, really do some damage in the regular season and win a lot of games. I was expecting and hoping, well, hoping and expecting, I guess, that we would go undefeated at Fort Quincy, which we did. Yep. Um, I think I predicted that we would lose three games. We only lost two in the regular season. So I was just, my minimum expectation was let's get to the playoffs again and see what happens. Like, I think that might be my predict, you know, thing going forward for several years, even though this team just hoisted the shield and definitely could repeat next year. I just want the consistency. And what's so refreshing is the staff want that as well. They don't yep. want to have a season where they win the shield and then become New York, you know, and just, you know, whimper out of the playoffs uh, and, uh, you know, not exceed expectations. So the c- consistency is key to keep this thing going. The the very first time I talked to Coach Matthew, it was before he'd even landed in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I asked him outright, like, because we'd been through a couple of coaches, it, we'd had some sort of unrest in yeah. that position. And, and I was like, is this something that you're going to do long term? And he was like, emphatically was like, oh, yes, it is yes. my goal to build something here. And I really right. think he's been successful and probably will continue to be. Yeah, he's definitely coming back next year. I confirmed that with him yesterday when I was at the championship rally. So he will be back for season three. He's on a three-year contract. This is going to be the third season. So he he's honoring that contract, which is great. Yep. So, Phil, my friend, right around five months ago, maybe a little more, our, our Free Jacks opened up the 2023 campaign with an emphatic triple-up victory over the NOLA Fool's Gold. <laughs> Nine days later, the team was in San Diego to face the Legion. On your show for the way too uh, early predictions, I suggested that was a match we might lose. Do you recall what your prediction was? Yeah, I, I recall that we would have lost that game. Now, in our actual, I think we all said that, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty much accurate. I can't recall specifically, but I think all of us were like, "Oh, this is definitely going to be a troublesome game," and it was um, probably the worst performance in a loss all season long. You know, I think we really showed a lot more. Uh, of our development and just uh, also just our tactical and attacking prowess against uh, uh, the, 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 the the Warriors like a couple weeks later. But that San Diego mm. game was just it was, you know, we were just not very good in that game. We played poorly. So but, you know, um, yeah, I think I 
in our predictions, we always say that the Free Jacks are going to win. But one thing I, I kind of tip my hand with is I will predict the Free Jacks to win by one point if I'm not feeling very confident. Mm. And that's exactly what I, like I did. And also, you know, we do gifts every single um, uh, like game day. And they're always funny. They always have like the logos for the people's heads. Yep. And it was Bob Barker getting punched by Happy Gilmore in the movie Happy <laughs> Gilmore. Right. But everybody knows if you've seen the movie, Bob Barker wins that that fight. So that's just like little, wow. a little hint that I'm not feeling very confident. If I'm using that gif, watch out. The Free Jacks are probably not going to do too well. <laughs> that's 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 a whole other layer under there. I didn't know Dude, that we needed yeah. like to spend research time looking into these gifs the, and memes. The Jack's Ranger show is an onion, man. It really is. <laughs> and at the very center is just me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the king of the onions. Yeah, no doubt. Well, as you say, lose, lose we did. It was 29 to 12 by the end of that. As you say, we didn't play particularly well. No. After that game, though, because we kind of saw this coming, you know, how were you feeling about our season prospects at that point? Really good. You know, I mean, it's it's a, a hellacious road trip. And people that don't live in this country or have no experience being here don't really get it. Like, that is six and a half hours. They had some travel trouble as well. I think they got diverted to Atlanta because the t uh, the headwinds were so strong that they were not going to make it to San Diego. They would run out of gas, essentially, because the engines have to be, you know, really, really going against that, and they would have never made it. So they had to divert to Atlanta, wait for the headwinds to calm down, and then there was a player that got sick from food poisoning at the Atlanta airport that oh, they had, right. like, taxied out out and then had to taxi back in to get him off of the flight so it was just you know it was a it was a mess to begin with john poland didn't play at all in that game uh reese mcdonald looked a little shaky back there you know in his uh, i think it might have been his first start so i think you know so. the free jacks didn't look very free jacky i guess is the best yeah. way to describe it yeah. And like T TK does such a good job of planning for those big trips, getting people yeah. out early, getting people acclimated to where they're going to go, you know, and, but something like that, there's nothing you, you can do about that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't plan control for that. Yeah, exactly. You can't control e even that. somebody as brilliant as TK. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so as things unfolded, we obviously only lost once more throughout the entire mm -hmm. course of the year. Yep. That was a two point defeat just outside of Salt Lake City. Yep. If I had told you that March 31st would be the last time we lost a game in all of 2023, what would you have said? I would have said I believed it. Um, I, like I said, I had predicted three losses and I, I can't really recall what the I think. I'd, I So this is what the silly loss for me in my predictions was we're going to lose to Toronto in Toronto because I had, that, I had that experience last year where I went up there and was, you know, beating my chest the whole week thinking because we were on that amazing winning streak. They came yeah. to an end and the Free Jacks played like crap. So, yeah, I, I just I predicted that as a loss just because I remembered what had happened last year. But, yeah, I, I mean, that sounds about right. You know, losing two games throughout the regular season, having an amazing winning streak going into the playoffs that was what this team was built to do and they executed very well well fast forward to this past july 8th my anniversary in fact my little my partner's anniversary gift was yes you can go do this Unreal. um you and i were both there in chicago to witness the championship final how were you feeling as you landed in the windy city I felt good. I'd never been to Chicago before, so I was really looking forward to just doing some touristy stuff the next day. Um, I was a bit nervous about the game. I didn't like the matchup mm -hmm. because what we had seen last was that the Free Jacks got beat and and you know beat handedly and looked the worst in that loss out of the entire season. 
you know, San Diego really dispatched uh, uh, Seattle in the previous game, and Seattle was the second seed. So I was like, okay, they've got an amazing backline, like legendary for MLR backline, and those guys look like they were firing on all cylinders. So I was concerned, didn't like the matchup. So my key to the game was essentially Hannibal at Kanai. Uh, and the historical folks, you know, know that they were outnumbered two to one and still annihilated the Roman army. So that's kind of like the feeling. It wasn't a David and Goliath type of situation, but it did. We were surely the underdogs. We were like 6.5 uh, point underdogs. Was it that and much? I think, wow. I think it was that, that I think that was pretty, pretty fair, to be honest. So I was very, very nervous. I was excited about the whole prospect, loved the idea of the neutral venue after I came around to it. Initially, I was pissed off at the idea, but you Me know, too. Shaq awesome DJing that's so cool and then dropkick Murphy's and uh, and that that is like where we want to be eventually that MLS type of capacity stadium where it's new and modern I eventually hopefully we get to that point like that that I love that I, I love that whole setup there and the, the hotel being right across the street there's that uh just a ton of room for tailgating in the parking lot Primo oh, yes. stuff if they had it like next year and I'd be like hell yes I'm going for sure I loved it well, you just mentioned so the tailgating got got underway pretty early, and yes, it I'm a is. little I'm a little embarrassed to admit that was my first time I've ever gone tailgating. Wow! Um, what were your thoughts about the scene outside of SeatGeek in the hours leading up to the game? I am famously not a tailgating guy. Uh, I I prefer like going to a pub before it and then like going to the game. But I'll tell you mm. what, man, the people that that go go to the Free Jacks tailgate, they really create the fan culture. Like you know, we help that stuff along with the show and stuff like that. But they're they're boots on the ground, you know, shaking hands with people, saying make sure you come back, giving them free food and asking for nothing in return. I mean, it's just every single game food, it gets yeah. bigger and bigger. Yep. I've heard good things uh, about the food. Uh, so having it there in Chicago, it just, you know, that's that, that, that's that little piece of Fort Quincy that came along that made people feel really, really comfortable. So when I showed up, I had um, a six pack of old style Chicago in, you know, like a, a regional beer under my arm. Nice. I was just handing it out to anybody that wanted one. I was pounding them. I had a blast, man. It was so much fun. So, uh, tailgate highlights for you for, for for me it had to be the boat race that our oh, team yes. won, won largely yep. thanks to it, it's kenny right his, kenny his did name. fantastic now bunny have you ever seen a beer just disappear that quickly it was just it, you know <laughs> what it, it, that sucker was gone he's scottish so i think he had like a you know an unfair advantage to be honest but uh we, we took that we took the 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 boat race home so i mean here's we, there was three victories that day the Free Jacks won the tailgate for sure with the setup compared to the Legion, right? 100% won that. Oh, yeah. They won the boat race handily, and then they won the game. So that's three victories, three W's leaving Chicago. You love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the, the boat race, I went over to Kenny. I was like, that was incredible. I can't believe that. And he goes, yeah, that's the first time I've ever done that. I was like, <laughs> I went, really? You know like, what, no, though? No, He's been training not. for it his whole life. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. That guy I, loves it. I felt for the line and sinker. He loves the beer like a, the day is long. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you and I both obviously had a lot of hope that the Free Jacks were going to pull it off, yeah. despite being underdogs. Yeah. And like you already said, like I, I admit I was pretty nervous about it. Um, yes. So on my show, I had I had these three things that I came up with for like reasons why we actually could do this. One was we're so much better than we were in like week mm -hmm. two when we lost to them. Mm -hmm. Two our coaches had figured out so much stuff in the in-between and right. three, we lost to them when they were at home so that we had this neutral venue to take exactly. away some of that advantage. Yep. 
but during the year, I kept mentioning that to like coaches and, and people being like, hey, I, I have this little theory. What do you think? And they were all like, that's nonsense. So, <laughs> so I wasn't too sure about that. You know, what's wild is like we, we spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff, but we are truly just fans. Like, you know, we know the game. We watch the game all the time. You know, we, we could probably figure a little bit of stuff out tactically and stuff like that. But like coaches just li- listen to our nonsense and just like these guys are so idiotic. <laughs> they don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, so just the so, mindsets are so different. So uh, my my friends over at the Scottish Rugby Podcast, they, they always like to do three predictions. They call it yep. like the predictions from your head, from your heart and, and from your ass, basically. OK, <laughs> your Love head that. is what you intellectually think is going to happen. Your yep. heart is what you're hoping will happen. And sure. your ass is like a worst case scenario. Uh, so as okay. as we were just getting ready to kick off this game, where were your head, heart and ass in the lead up to this one? Head was thinking, uh, you know, I put down five dollars on a draw. I saw. That would have that would have paid out a ton of money. Um, so I was thinking maybe draw at the end of 80 minutes and then who knows what would have happened. My heart was, you know, free jacks. I think I predicted a, a win by three points as my official prediction. So that was where my heart was. And my ass was, oh, we're going to get run over. Like this back line is just going to tear <laughs> us apart. We're going to lose by 20 points and it'll be over at halftime or something like that. I mean, yeah. apart from Ananu, like Mike Teo is yeah. so good. I remember, uh, when, I think it was last year when Utah came because he was still on the Warriors then. Yeah. And he just carved us up he does not look like somebody who should be fast or elusive and he's no. both of those things oh my he's, gosh he's barrel chested i mean he looks like a prop to a certain extent you know yeah, like he really he's does. got that uh, that 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 uh upper torso of a prop and uh, you know he will surprise you man he is super super good i i love watching that guy he's one of my favorite players in the league other than a free being a free jack yeah he really is there's like a barba papa thing about him it's, it's, it's really no weird doubt. to look at no the first time i saw 15 on his back i was just like no no, no, no. That's, that's a mistake. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. So, so the, the game itself, I mean, broad view, what were your overall impressions or takeaways? Anything, you know, throughout that 80 minutes that sort of surprised you or jumped out of out to you as it yep. all unfolds? The biggest surprise for me is Ma'anano, who had a amazing game against Seattle. Maybe maybe the game of uh, the year for an individual player in the entire MLR. Everybody was like, Aegis Wonder, 41 years old. He looks like he's 30 out there playing, yep. you know, just king of the world. I, I, you know, it doesn't change his legendary status in world rugby, but he had an absolute howler of a game and he contributed to like three of our tries just making mistakes it is wild to think about and you know i saw him after the game like i held my hand out for him to shake it and he looked at that my logo on top of my head and said Mm-mm. So like he was not. A happy I had the exact camp, same he thing. Was I was hoping pissed. to get a little bit with him, and he glanced at my shirt and turned oh, around and went he, the other way. He didn't want to have anything to do with us. And I, I saw like him. I don't I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame was, him either. Like you know, if that's the last game, that's not one that you want to remember. And I understand being upset. Yeah. Like I'm a sore loser, man. I would be the same way. In fact, I don't think I'd spend that much time out there on the pitch. I would have been the beeline it for the locker room after I shook yep. hands with the opposition. I'm like, bye, see, ya. I'm on the bus, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Well, you probably, so you must have seen him right around the same time I did. And like, he, I mean, it was a big deal. You could tell how down he was because there were like friends and family around him and they were, there were long hugs and like, you know, firm pats on the back and stuff. Like everyone in his circle knew this was a a really tough night for him. I I don't blame him. He's still a legend for me. And I'm really grateful that he chose that night to have one of his all time stinkers. He laid an egg for sure. And it was a goose egg. Uh, But I'll tell you what, man. 
you know, Matt McCarthy uh, interviewed, I want to say Nate Osberger, like as they were heading to the bus to leave San Diego and Ma'ananu was with him. So like, you know, Matt McCarthy was kind of gingerly talking to Nate as uh, Ma'ananu was, you know, hanging around. And then he looked over at Ma'ananu and was like trying to ask him a question. And Ma'ananu had this like glazed over look like he was, he was looking right yeah. through Matt McCarthy. So in Matt McCarthy's perspective, he's like, he's coming back next year. Like he has unfinished business. You can tell he's mm -hmm. extremely angry, angry with his performance. So wouldn't that be interesting to see him try to come back next year and, and win a shield? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, the week before, he, he first drop goal of his entire illustrious career. Like oh, it, it seems like he's still reinventing himself at this stage. Um, yeah, what a player, but his face looked like thunder. I, I took the hint pretty quick. Yeah, he didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. So. so just a couple of days before the final, you and I chatted on your show again with Mitch Jacobson, who ended up scoring <laughs> the first try of this match, which careened off of Ma'ananu's shoulder, I think it was. Yeah. Can, you, can you just talk a bit about what Mitch has meant for the Free Jacks oh. this year? You kidding me, man? Like I've been trying to get the guy on the show. It was just what didn't work out schedule wise, but like, I'm so glad that we got him on right before the final. And then he scores the first try. The guy has stepped up big time. You know, we knew that he would, he was an excellent captain, a captain of Waikatu, captain of the under twenties when they won the world cup with New Zealand. The guy is just, you know, he's, he's a leader. Like you can tell. And I saw him in the huddle after that try, like he was barking like he was, oh, yeah. you know, how he talks about how he has a direct style. I, yes, I, he calls himself reasonably direct, which I'd reasonably love. direct. I 100% saw that as I rewatched the game goals. He's like looking at guys and like, we've got this, you know, talking to him and stuff like that. And like, when we talk to him, he's like, you know, reserved and very, very humble guy, a little yeah. soft-spoken, you know, not overly charismatic when he's doing interviews. That, that's very a, a very New Zealand thing, right? But Definitely. like you can see him turn it on when he's around the boys, which is really, really super cool. And with Josh Larson, of course, our captain going down, you know, we really needed Mitch to step up in a big way and take the reins of this team. And he absolutely did that. I'm, I'm so happy that the Prejacks were able to pick him up. Yeah, the, the very first time I talked to him, he pulled a hole. Well, I don't know. I hope maybe to make it into a 23 one of these days, you know, yep. if they really need me and stuff. And I'm like, or I'm just going to step in and fill freaking Josh Larson's mm -hmm. <laughs> enormous mm -hmm. shoes and take mm -hmm. over as captain for us and lead us to a championship. One or the other, you know. I think in, in our interview that I did with him and you were there as well, like you had mentioned uh, uh, edgy because he he used that word and he didn't get pissed off at you. But like you could tell that he was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to switch it on just a little bit. You know, he he kind of he I, I, I don't know how to describe it because I don't want to make him seem like a jackass because he certainly wasn't. But like he yeah, he was like, yeah, I didn't really you know, I didn't mean it like that. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> he's got a bit of like, yeah, you can tell that like. He, he can lead people, man. Like he's a natural. Oh, yes. For sure. Yeah. He, he doesn't. There's no nonsense with him to a certain extent. So back to the game itself. So, of course, after that, San Diego answered right back. But Jason Potras, another absolute re uh, revelation of a player for us this year. Huh. He got two, two penalties to give us a 7-13 to 13 lead. But the Legion responded again and again, building a 17-13 to 13 edge at halftime. So, Phil, where were your emotions as we hit that break? Uh, I was deflated. Um, you know, I felt like, you know, going into halftime one point down, it felt, you know, it would have been good. And then they got that penalty and kicked it over. And I was just like, th this team, 
with a lead, I, I'm really, really concerned. So I went on, you know, we do a watch along. I think we're next year we're going to do every single away game. That's the goal. We're going nice. to do a watch along with Bozo, uh, six leading the show. Uh, and I went on there with Bozo and uh, Dan from Merrimack because uh, they were watching it back in the, the granite bunker there. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, and I just, I, I mentioned to them, like, I, I'm sure I sounded deflated. And I said, you know, I, I feel deflated uh, with, with what's going on right now. I, I just, I felt like this team, San Diego, is just too good. And them going four points up, I really wanted to see a response from the Free Jacks. But they really needed to get reorganized. And that's exactly what they did. You know, Bozo and I were kind of agreeing that the, the Free Jacks need to score first. Uh, mm-hmm. After halftime, like whatever it is, three points, five points, seven points, they need to score first. And that's exactly what happened. So I felt a little bit calmer, but, you know, I was nervous throughout the whole game. And it's almost like I hate being that way because it almost takes you out of it a little bit because you're trying yeah. to guard yourself. Right. Because, you yep. know, if it gets carried away, like you could easily just be really, really deflated and sad and depressed. So I was almost like looking at it like I was outside of my own body to a certain extent. Uh, because you want to guard yourself in that scenario. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Like I was nervous throughout the whole thing. <laughs> it, it's funny too, because just, just as fans, you and I feel that, that right. strength, that emotion because of the expectations, the mm-hmm. importance we've placed on this one result yes. and stuff. And then you start to think, well, if I feel that way, how do the yeah. players feel right now? Right. Like, because yeah. they're yeah. the ones who are actually doing the work. And mm-hmm. the fact that it it clearly didn't rattle us, I think through yeah. the leadership of guys like Mitch, yes. like um, we, we just got so much experience experience and such cool heads in there and yes. our coaches like it we at, at no point in that game were we rattled which i thought no. was a huge testament to how good we've been 100 percent. and if you think about it like this is something that fitzy who is our dc correspondent in the previous game the eastern conference final he was like when have the free jacks had to win a game and i was like i guess none of them to be honest but so he was basically saying like you know dc had a you know had to come into the game and win a bunch of games prior to to be playoff eligible just to make it into the playoffs and then they had to upset new york so his whole thing was like dc's battle tested and the free jacks mm. in his eyes were not and I was like, oh, that's an interesting take. I mean, I guess if you are a fan of DC who were heavy underdogs, that's one thing that you can keep your, your you know, you put a feather in your cap of like, okay, we're battle tested and they're not. Yeah. But at the same time, like this team has been built up with grittiness, resolve, resist, you know, all of that Boston type of like, let's shovel snow and it's minus 10 degrees and it's a blizzard. We're still going to go outside and shovel our, uh, the snow. Our back is going to be killing us, but it is what it is. That's what we do here. That type of mentality has been brought into this team. It was recruited into this team. So those guys were not going to fold, man. They, they stood up to the challenge. Well, Pretty early in that second half, it was Paula Bellicana getting, I, don't, I can't remember if it was his 14th or 15th try on the year, that mm-hmm. recaptured that lead early on. Yes. Um, have you been impressed as I have been with him this year? He's been Unreal. a whole new, he's been a brand new guy. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do. I think his family was with him yep. quite a bit um, during this season. I'm sure that that helped tremendously. Um, he's the guy that, you know, TK, when we first heard that he was signing, we were asking him about it. He said I, he was told to sign him by, a, you know, a, a whoever it was. Um, two years prior when he went to Houston, he said, if you don't sign him, you're going to be a fool. And obviously he had a, a tremendous years in Houston, was one of the best in the league. And then we brought him in and then like he had an okay year, but we were, he was kind of underperforming by what we expected yeah, to see. He had, and he then this year, yeah, sure. And this year it all came together. And I think he was the treating leading try score for the entire league. Um, so just a tremendous turnaround. So happy for that guy. He's now playing down in NPC at Hawks Bay and hopefully he'll be coming back to the free Jacks. 
So on the other side of things, however, Nate Augsburger, ah. he was huge for San yeah. Diego yeah. on the day. He re retook the lead for the Legion with his second try of the night right around the three-quarter mark. Mm -hmm. um, can you describe the emotions you were dealing with at that point? We're down with just that 20 minutes staring us in the face. I mean, I think I was just super concerned. Um, you know, I, you know, when I saw them score, I was like, okay, this looks about right. You know, like that, that was really my impressions. Every time they score, I was like, okay, I was waiting for this, you know what I mean? Because they're so good. Yep. So um, I, I was just thinking, I hope the boys can get something done. And, and what you're going to describe next, I'm sure, is the phases that were coming, the endless phases. And in my mind, I, I'm just trying to do the math, right? I'm just like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Like we're going to knock the ball on. There's so many phases. Happening. Uh. It's so nerve wracking when you're like, well, this is phase 18 guys. Yeah. Can we do yeah. something like right. it, it? Like you say, it's a, it feels impossible to just to not screw up that many right. times in a row. And San Diego were ferocious on defense oh. too. Like it would have been so easy just to let it slip out, knock it on, but no, no, no. It was our friend LaRue Milan <laughs> slicing through to get us that go-ahead score on that beautiful diagonal that he has found so many times this year where it just Unreal. looks like it looks like nobody really touches him, like he found a different field to other people. Um, you know, what are some of your thoughts on, on LaRue this year? For me, he's been incredible. I mean, I think we really missed him at the beginning of the season. We had a broken hand, you know, broke it yep. uh, early in, in preseason training and practice and stuff like that. So once we got him back, I think things were really, really rolling for the Free Jacks. Um, yeah, he's a guy that, like, as soon as he gets the ball in his hand, magic happens. Like, every something good is going to happen when you see LaRue uh, Milan with the ball. He's the type of guy that's, like, young, big for his, you know, his position. Like, he's all of at least 6'2 or 6'3. Like, he's – practically Definitely. my height and he's out there running like the wind which is really really impressive so i always tell people really enjoy larue while we got him because he might not be here next year man like he he's gonna have offers overseas to go somewhere yeah well he's playing from namibia in the upcoming world cup is that right that's right so he's gonna be able to highlight his his uh his skills even more so yeah uh, it would be nice to be part of a, a big nation that's able to play in the world cup like namibia <laughs> right oh, jesus. jesus yeah everybody everybody's been talking to me about it like the world cup's coming up because now that the free jacks are done the mlr is over with and i'm just like i'm not i'm not really that excited about it i'll watch a game or two but like usa's not in it like who i mean i'm not gonna say who cares but like it is the wind is completely out of my sails with regard to the world cup i'm more i'm more interested in seeing npc when we've got nine guys going to manawatu oh, yeah. i got that confirmed yesterday so overall there's What's been announced is ten guys from the Free Jacks are going to NPC and you know going to multiple you know different teams. But what hasn't been announced is there's nine in total guys that are going to the Turbos, either contracted or not contracted, just there to learn and you know <clears throat> get a game or two if possible. So nine Free Jacks on Manawatu, unreal. That they're going to be a lot different this year. So yeah. are you going to are you going to pony up the dough for for Flow Rugby and actually watch listen. this this year? I would love so when we were there at the award ceremony for the Free Jacks, um, the uh, I don't know if he's the CEO of Delta, but one of the big head honchos stood up and was like, "If we win the championship, we're giving everybody here that of travel vouchers." So I need to call in uh, my. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he meant me, you know, specifically, but uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, you know, if I can kind of finagle my way into a voucher down to New Zealand, I'll definitely take it. You know, that would be fantastic. Well, you, you know, what's funny, actually. So where I was sitting 
one of the owners wh- who I had never actually met before was right in front of me with his like massive extended family. Oh, wow. And, and it was funny too. Cause if you recall, like the beginning of the game, the players come out to do the warmups. San Diego had to be at the side of the field where Shaq is absolutely shaking the foundations of yes. that stadium. It was so <laughs> yeah. loud. So and, good. uh, and I was kind of wondering out loud, like, geez, I see we're like a mile away. It must be so much better to do our warmups this way. And sure enough, the guy in front of me was like, uh, it, somebody said to him, hey, uh, aren't San Diego upset about being it being this loud? And he's like, oh, yeah, very. They were complaining oh. about it ahead of time. But, but he's like, but I told him we got here first. Tough. Nice. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure communication amongst them trying to practice was really, really restricted exactly. with uh, with Shaq. Just, you know, but, you know, with the speakers right against their ears. I love that, man. <laughs> so. As Jason Potras kicked it into touch to sew up this oh. victory, I don't know if I was more elated or just stunned. It was like a weird feeling. What was your reaction in that moment? Were you just out of your I mind mean, or were I, you just staring? I celebrated with him kicking it out and hearing hearing the final whistle. So I celebrated with Caitlin, who was beside of me. Um, and, and I'm looking around and, and people are celebrating. But I think some of them were like looking at me, waiting to see what I was doing. But like <laughs> at the same time, it was like, I, I'm celebrating, but I feel... I don't know if numb is the word, but like, I felt yeah. shocked. I was like, what this happened? Huh? Yeah. It, it was weird, right? It was really weird. Um, I just didn't anticipate it happening that way. Like, you know, I, I was so, of course, so elated, but at the same time, I felt, I felt numb and shocked. Shocked is the best word to describe it. Like, and then I kind of went into automatic mode. I went over to section 126 to meet up with the other guys that, you know, the, the, the constant Rangers that helped support the show and stuff like that. So we went over there and we were just, we we're celebrating. And then, you know, I got hugs from a big hug from Josh Larson, big hug from uh, Andrew Quatran. We were like hugging and doing the thing where we're jumping up and down and hugging. It was, it was unreal. <laughs> it was so much fun. Well, you just mentioned his name. You have a, Pretty good Andrew Quatrin story from just uh-huh. after that game. Can you can you tell the listeners how that went down? So like I I I you know I had like the facial contortions of almost crying type of thing, but it didn't come out. So you know we're we're meeting we're talking to the rest of the players. Andrew Quatrin like you know slinks away, and I'm just like talking to the other players, hugging all the other players. And this is before we got onto the pitch. And then I see Andrew Quatrin coming back around, and I'm like, oh that's weird. Like maybe he's you know didn't high five somebody he wanted to or whatever in the line. And then he comes up to me. And he's got, he had a winner's medal around his neck, which I didn't notice at first. I thought Mm. he gave me his winner's medal, but that was not the case. He had one in his hand. We checked the tape. Caitlin had a video. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So he puts a medal around my neck and says, you deserve this for all of your hard work. Thank you so much for what you do. And and I I didn't take that medal off, by the way, until yesterday. So I had it on (laughs) for a full seven days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's heavy. It's, it's heavier than you would have expected because it's literally is metal. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I cried, you know, I, I ugly cried um, when it happened. I, <laughs> you know, I hugged him and like, I was like, you know, sobbing as I'm hugging him into his ear, you know? So, you know, and then <laughs> I'm saying, thank you. I have so, so much gratitude. And then I'm looking over at Caitlin and they're just crying, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those, Moments that I will never, ever forget. And, and of course, I got the Community Impact Award. I'm looking back at it right now at, at the award ceremony like a week or two prior to that, which was awesome. Um, but having that winner's medal, it, it to be given to me by a player 
Yeah. Who, I think he literally watches every single episode that we put out because I asked something obscure one time and like he immediately was like messaged me on Instagram. So he was watching live as it was taking place. Somebody that like really appreciates what we do and like can see how it helps the process along. Like mm. it, there's nothing better than that, man. Like, and he's been so good this year too, like in every possible way on the field, you know, as a, as a member of the Dorchester room, which is amazing. Yes. And, yeah. and then also he's out there doing community service, got nominated for that award again this year. Right. Like he, he's one of a kind. I said it on my show in the last episode when we were talking about the San Diego review, it was just like, you know, I was so happy when he was announced that he was traded to us. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever been as happy hearing a signing before. Like I was I was jumping up and down like it was a Friday afternoon, like, you know, the workday was ending. So I was excited about that. But hearing that news, like I was so pumped up. I immediately reached out to him and was like, you know, in all caps, thank you for being a Jack. You come on to the show. And like he came on like pretty much after that. And like just the energy that he, has, he brings, you can tell that he is a good person. I've met his mom. You met his mom. A terrific lady. So nice. He's so personable. Um, you can tell like he wants to drive this thing forward, not just be a great player. He's a really, really good guy. I'll give you another example why he's my, he's my favorite Jack at this point. Like I voted for him in uh, the fans player of the year. Like his performances has been fantastic, but he's just an even better person. Just another yep. example of that yesterday at the, um, the parade slash rally. <clears throat> Caitlin wasn't wearing any free Jacks merch. And uh, Q saw her and was like, "Hey, where's your free jack stuff?" And he's like, oh, "I didn't, you know, I didn't want, uh, I didn't have anything clean or whatever." She said, and he goes, "Here, here's my practice jersey." No. He gave it to her, so she has the, his practice jersey now. Like, what? Oh like, my gosh! It's so crazy, man! It's like a Mean Joe Green moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So cool. <laughs> Throwing the towel. <laughs> As a kid, I never understood that. I'm like, who wants a sweaty towel? But, right, right, yeah. But this um, one, you yeah, know, it, it smells good. I think he washed it, so that's nice. Yeah, the game his mom was at with his uh, godmom too. Yeah. They they ended up sitting next to us. They're just the people who usually sit there just happen to not be there. And yep. they had been sort of wandering around looking for seats. And they were like, "Oh, can we sit here?" And it took us a few minutes to realize who we were sitting with. And oh, right. but but then once we did, I got some I got some great stories. I I've promised not to put any of them so, on air without sure, talking yeah, to Q yeah. first. But yeah. uh, <laughs> next time you and I see each other, I've got a couple of funny ones. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Like he's, he's the perfect free Jack, man. He really is great player. Great guy. Loves the community. You know, we'll do anything, you know, to, to advance this thing forward. Humble, There's something about his, fun. his voice. Doesn't he seem like a Californian? Doesn't he seem like he's a, he he's like a, he's a does. Southern Californian Canadian. It's really totally. interesting. So I think he comes like, there's a lot of like hockey culture that are, is, is kind of that same way. So I think, I think he came up playing hockey and rugby. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but I would guess that that is the case. So during the season, <clears throat> what, what games sort of ended up being most important for you? And I know that's a pretty vague question. So let me give you an example. So mm-hmm. for me, the, the two most important matches this year were round nine, which was, of course, Arrows five, Free Jacks uh, 80. Yep. And then earlier in the year, round six, where the result was Free Jacks 10, Jackals nine. Oh, so yeah, the, man. The, the Dallas Ooh. game showed me that we can win when we're supposed to, even when there's a danger of things really just going the other way. Yes. I mean, the, the way our defense clamped down on them for a long extended period mm-hmm. to close that one out, <clears throat> that really was a statement for me. But then up in Toronto, we showed that we're capable of it just exploding offensively. Yeah. And those things in combination and hindsight to me sort of sh- shine a little bit of light on the result we ended up getting 100%. in San Diego, uh, against San Diego and Chicago. So what game or games were important to you in that way? Things that sort of, you know, told you the story of a team that was headed for a title. 
Man, I think both of those are great examples, but I'm going to throw another one at you, and that was the um, the game against Atlanta at Fort Quincy. I think oh, we nice. were down to like thir- 13 to zero at halftime. Like we were not playing well at all, and we came out and we scored like at least twenty something unanswered. I don't remember the exact number, but just came out and blew their doors off. Like yep. that is a championship winning style you know, performance for a team that, you know, we knew were already good, but like they're, they're filling in, you know, they're, they're creating the foundation. They're laying the bricks to create this championship house. And they were up against adversity. They were down by 13 points at halftime, like, you know, hard to come back from that in any rugby game, regardless of the situation, but for them to go and score unanswered points for that extended period of time like that. And I think after that point, I think they went on a defensive tear and for like the next like three games, they only gave up like a try or something crazy like that. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it was wild. Like during the season, like some of this stuff is fading, of course, but like, I remember that specifically. It's like, we didn't let anybody score after that, after that halftime coming out of the gate. And it was like a crazy amount of time before the free jacks were scored upon um so yeah unreal performance um trying to think also just any time that we play new york right is is a big deal (laughs) and and beating them twice sweeping the series against new york who was a team that beat beat us in the in the worst circumstances in terms of a free jacks fans perspective to advance on to the championship game and then unfortunately winning that game and the eastern conference final of course there was controversy involved they slipped some players in, you know, right at the at the end. Of course, it was legal at the they time. Did. No longer the case. No longer legal. We're calling that the New York rule, and I'm never giving that up. I'm going to continue to call that the New York rule forever. But, um, you know, to beat them and shut them up and show that we are much better than them this year, I, I think was huge. Huge. I, I If I had had to guess, I would have assumed that you would have put Seattle on that list too. You you, you actually made the trip out there. there it was so incredible many, performance. David, right? Yeah, I mean that was an amazing game. You must have had so much fun. And you know another one that we were ahead of the season concerned about. The you know it's pretty much the longest trip you can make. Seattle's yes. perennially perennially really really good. Like yep. uh, that must have been an unbelievable one to be a part of in person. The fans that we know, like the hardcore, like we love MLR type of fans in Seattle are awesome, man. They're great to talk to, wonderful people, so generous, all of that sort of stuff. Now, when we were there, you know, there was like a bunch of family that came over and sat in their section. So there was maybe like 30 or 40 of us in total, but there was only three of us. Caitlin had wandered off because we got lit. I mean, lit, lit, lit. We don't <laughs> drink that much at the games because we drive home, right, uh, at Fort Quincy. But, like, uh, this situation was ideal because we had the party bus. Long story, but they have a party bus there. It's awesome. So we didn't have to drive anywhere. Uh, so oh, wow. I didn't like, realize that. We had, like, five or six beers, and I was feeling like Ric Flair, Jack. I was on top of the world. Limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, baby. Um, so <laughs> – and Caitlin, yeah, she was too. We had a blast. But anyway, me, Barb, and uh, Kenny Thompson, Colonel Kenny Thompson, as far as I'm concerned, the leader of the expeditionary forces, go to all the away games. Fantastic guy, Scottish. Um, so he was drunk too. Um, we were just <laughs> belting out at the very, very top of the stands our chance. Like there is something really, really special about going to an away game and pumping your chest, like beating your chest with your logos on, your whole outfit, and being completely fearless. And especially if we're winning, oh boy, there is no better feeling <laughs> than to razz other fans in a fun way, right? We're not, yep. you know, we're not being too much of jackasses, but 
you know, there was a couple of times where they told us to shut up. You know what I mean? A couple mm. of people like prior to the game in Seattle, they've had a lot of success. So they're definitely, there's a bit like looking down on other teams, which is fine, whatever it is, what it is. But a couple of people asked me, what is a free Jack? You know, that type of thing. So to be able <laughs> to shut those people up was so much fun. It was so good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone be a complete jackass at no. any of these no. games, you know? No. There's Not something about the cra- the crowd that's like we're here to have a lot of fun, but we're also human beings that kind of, you know fundamentally are here to enjoy the same thing. Yes, there was one chant in particular that got a, a couple people in the stands there in Seattle a little upset. Um, so it was the, essentially the 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 deal breaker for them, like the the nail in the coffin. And Kenny starts chanting, "What did he say? We see you sneak and out because people were starting to like get up and leave." <laughs> And it was so good. It was like someone like, <laughs> turned around like, will you shut up? And he goes, huh? <laughs> so fun. The, the funny thing is one of the only chants I got going by almost accidentally this year that, you know, I, I, I'm closer down to where the fence is. And last year they kind of let people kind of stand at that fence, which yeah. is not good when you're trying to sit there and actually, you know, with the angle we're at. Totally. So this year they put up signs and the, occasionally a security guard kind of walked by and would be like, go away, you can't stay at the fence. This one family had let their like 11 or 12 year old kid just stand there and he's got a big old hat on and everything else. And he's directly in the way. And I started to be like, Hey, fence kid, fence kid, move it. And then he, he would kind of move 10 feet away and then just come right back and stuff. And eventually there's like 20 of us going fence kid, <laughs> That's great. but neither he nor his parents were interested in taking the hint. In fact, uh, it was such a funny story too, that, uh, after I got back from the championship, my son is like, was fence kid there? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no fence kid this time. Fence kid, that's great. A legend is born. Exactly. So you and I, of course, love giving out awards. So mm-hmm. without further ado, I've got seven awards for the season. Why Woo. seven? No, no real reason. Just that's <laughs> it's the lucky number. So exactly. That, that, that's why. See, you, you knew. Um, mm-hmm. First off, your experience at Fort Quincy in general. We talked about this um, at the end of last year, I think it was. I think you had rated it a six or a seven. I think I had said higher than that. Um, I think I'm at maybe an eight or maybe even seven now. The whole mm-hmm. unlabeled section thing really just yes. became a bigger and bigger issue where I sit. Um, at, especially as we got bigger and bigger crowds, it just kind of exponentially built upon itself. and It was a yep. real pain. Um, where are you going to put your one to ten rating for the experience for fans at Fort Quincy this year? Uh, and I will preface this by saying that you know how both of us feel in regards to this. Like we're we're there for the rugby, and then anything else is just it's nice, you know. It, but if nothing else was there, I would be perfectly fine. Um, yep. So I think they've gotten better with like more beer stands and stuff like that this year. The festivals obviously were a big deal, and and the in the concert series was huge. It was like there now. There will be some you know. There's like some doom and gloomers on Reddit. I don't really pay too much attention to it, but every once in a while I'll go on there and just kind of shake my head or chuckle. But some people say that the Free Jacks are approaching this the wrong way by having festivals because it brings in people that don't care about rugby. And then if I was on you know talking to them, I would hmm. be I would be a super you know jackass. But my response <laughs> to them would be. That's kind of the point. Hopefully they'll see the rugby and enjoy it. Like exactly. What? You know what I mean? So for those people, it is great for them. Um, but I will say there were a couple of, um, you know, festivals that, uh, and, and specifically musical acts that I was really looking forward to. I dress up. There was less of that this year with the fans. We've got to work on that. 
Um, so in terms of like fan stuff, like that is something that needs to be worked on in the off season and hopefully we'll get there, but dressing up, uh, you know, musical acts, all that sort of stuff. It is all improved to a certain extent with the festivals and all that. So I will give it a solid eight. There's still a lot of room for improvement and, you know, it's an old stadium, right? Yep. It was built in the thirties. <clears> so there's only so much that you can do. Um, but I'm hearing that we're going to be there for quite a long time. Um, hmm. I got confirmation from, uh, from, from mags on that. So they can increase the capacity and in doing so, I'm hoping that they increase the amenities and stuff like that and, and, and make things better renovations and all that sort of stuff to make it more modern, uh, hmm. along with it. So I will, I will give it an eight. There's still tons of room for improvement. You know, right at the beginning of this season, like after, after the first home game, I sent a really long-winded email to TK that was just like, hey, man, I know this isn't your department at yeah. all, but I do. But I know you know who to tell this to. Yeah. Like, here are three bullet points of really easy things that you all can fix in the stadium to just make the fan experience go from a 9 to a 10. Yes. And and he was like, oh, thanks. I'll pass it along. The very next week, at least two of those things had been addressed. Like, so no somebody kidding. was listening. They they immediately did stuff about it. But the thing with the section labeling, just it never happened. I took it into my own hands for the last game of the year this year. I know you did. It, it made, I would it, say it made a ridiculous it difference. It was yeah. incredible. Well, keep we kind of zip-tied zip them on, so maybe they're still there. I don't know. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cardboard is going to last through a new yeah. winter. No. Nope. Um, so awards that... Apart from Fort Quincy, just getting to our actual free jacks and starting on the silly side. Yeah. Which free jack gets your hair of the year award? For me, it was Holden Youngert for those couple of weeks where he had the massive mutton chops. He, he loves like doing that. I yeah, feel but like I, last I, season. I'm he bummed he got too. rid of him. I yeah. think so, but I, I don't think they got as like Charles Dickens esque as they <laughs> did this year. They, they were like, he needed to be wearing like an, a frock coat and a top hat or something. It was amazing. I really do think he likes to play into that whole vampire, I'm living forever type of thing because it would make sense for a vampire to be out of style you know what i'm saying like, yeah, exactly. yeah so it, 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 i love that i wish he would do it all the time um i will say that everybody's automatic answer is the eagle kyle sakara yep. right he's but rocking I'm, it. I, I'm not gonna pick him this year okay right? i've got an upset gonna... right here cameron I... davidowitz his ah. hair is unreal dude it's unreal. it is he it's looks like a um, a 1980s thrash rocker, you know, yeah. like a metal thrash metal guy. Yep, he's is like that... Billy. He's Billy Squire's lead guitarist. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that uh, is that Cam Davidowitz or James Hetfield? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just uh, you know he's he's really I, I think he's taken a step up in that department. Yeah. It is sometimes a little confusing to see them both on the pitch. You just have to not look at their hair, but look at their midsection, and there is a difference there. Um, but yeah, I think he wins my this year. And, and Caitlin, who's got cur naturally curly hair, asked him yesterday, "Does he put any hair gel in his hair oh. to make it look like that?" He said, "It's all natural." <laughs> wow, so, yeah. I was going to say he, he literally could be a hair model. Like he could when he just does the little hair toss. It's like Pantene. A hundred percent, dude. <laughs> And literally, if he's just trying that, that he puts no products in, it really impressive, like great genetics for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's people who work on farms, man, they're healthy. Yeah. I talked to his dad <laughs> yesterday. His dad is like one of the nicest guys. I would love oh, yeah. for all of us outriders, including yourself, uh, Bozo, Diamond Dave, all of us to go out on their farm and just work for a day and get Heck content. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious because these hands right here, all they've done all my life is count money, pal. I ain't never done no hard labor before. So, <laughs> Well, you'll love this little inside scoop then where um, after the after the game, 
anyway, in the parking lot, um, one of Cam's sisters was there, and yes. we were, um, me and uh, Bill Baker were just chit chatting with her, and so, and a couple other people. And somebody said, "Oh, well, you know, Cam still does all that all that work. There's that, you know, the this great video of him on the tractor and stuff." And she and she goes, "Oh, pff, he doesn't actually do any work anymore. He hasn't done any work work in like two years." And and they said, "Well, what about the the video of him?" And she goes, "Oh, yeah, well, he spreads manure, sure, but he doesn't do the hard work." Oh, it was a stage. Like, there was a little uh-oh. stage video there. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> she was like, he hasn't bailed the hay in a long time. That's me. Little little sibling rivalry there. I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. All their faces look identical too, by the way. I know. Yep. For sure. So number three, up next, biggest surprise this year. Who was a player who ended up exceeding your expectations? I, I would go with Reese McDonald for this one. Oh. I, mostly, I had like literally zero expectations, none good nor none bad, mm-hmm. um, but he was awesome all year. Who, who do you got for your biggest surprise? Just real quick with Reese, like I, I keep hearing his name because everybody's like, wow, he's such a good player. And of course, I looked him up because I didn't know who the hell he was when we signed him. And I was like, I'm going to check this kid out. I'm going to look on Google. And uh, his highlight reel, I told everybody, I told everybody on the show, I was like, go watch this kid's highlight reel. He's really, really effing good. And it turns out he's really, really effing good. So <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I feel like uh, like the guy that hears um, Metallica, you know, in the Bay Area as their third ever show. You know what I'm saying? And then they become this huge, huge thing. Uh, but I feel like that was there from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? With as a yeah, yeah. McDonald Red <laughs> Rocket fan. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like I knew that guy was going to be good, uh, and I was telling everybody about it. So it's so so cool that he, he performed very well. But for me, um, as a second row guy all my life, super tall, you know, uh, Connor keys comes to mind as somebody who's nice. really, really stepped up. Um, you know, Josh Larson goes down. So there's a little bit of turmoil in that second row room. And he really stepped up all year was, you know, an 80 minute warrior for almost every single game, got it done in the line out, just an incredible, also one of another amazing human being Canadian, you know, super polite, nice guy, but, uh, yeah, he really, really stepped up big time. Well, the week you were in Seattle and I sort of jumped in to help out Bozo on your show, I, yes. I said, how come you guys aren't calling this the Connor Keys to the game? And he mm. was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you guys have asked him about that yet. He was like, you know, what? That, that, that's something you need permission for. I absolutely 100 percent. And I would love to ask him about that. I should have asked him about that yesterday, but it was not on my mind. I will do that sometime soon because I think that would be hilarious just to have his face in like the corner of the graphic, you know, the exactly. Keys of the game. He would it's have to come back next year and I'm sure he will. Um, you know, he, I think he signed his three-year deal and he will be back next year. So that's super exciting. But him coming out of Atlanta, like I knew he was a Canadian international. So I was like, okay, he's probably really good, but I didn't know firsthand. I didn't watch a lot of their games. Obviously like who does not even their own fans. So yeah, there you go. Uh, who had your try of the year? This was actually the toughest one, even though I invented them. (laughs) This is still the (laughs) toughest one for me to think about. It's of course tempting to say LaRue Milan for icing the championship for us. But I also thought about Paula Bellicana just for the sheer volume of tries he scored in beautiful fashion this this year. Uh, Are you able to put your finger on a try of the year? I will give it to the one that won the award for the internally with the free Jacks at the award ceremony. I was at, it was uh, Paula Bellicana versus uh, Nola at home. And it was like a kind of a team try. Everybody touched the ball. It was like one of those old school basketball, like, you know, ball motion. Everybody needs to touch the ball before somebody scores type of try. It was definitely a very, very team oriented try, but he was, you know, dots it down in the corner there, but it was an unreal situation. A lot of offloads there that really worked out well. He's got pure style in that corner too. It's great. Clinical finishing, man. You know, you, you have to have it. 
So number five is who was your favorite interview this year? You've talked to lots of people in and around the team. And I, I want to qualify this. This doesn't mean that there were any you disliked. Both of us of have loved every opportunity this team has given us to chat with players and staff and coaches. But there was probably one where you just kind of ended up with a, a bigger smile on your face at the end than what you maybe thought. Um, mine had to have been Mike Rogers just because the talk with him just went on to things that I just didn't see coming at all. We ended up in the areas that I hadn't expected. And yep. I love that. But also, like being flexible enough to roll with that is, I think, for me, the, the hardest thing about getting good at being an interviewer. Um, mm -hmm. So what about you? Who, was your, who jumped out at you this year? This is not my pick, but I will give Mike Rogers a pat on the back for sure because he does bring it in every single interview. Now, when I talk to him in person, he's a little bit, I wouldn't say standoffish, but he's a bit reserved, very New Zealandy, yep. right? But when he comes on the show, man, like he just like lets it all out there. Like this is definitely a guy that's not coming back next year because our last interview with him, he was telling, he was, he was telling everything. He was like, bah, 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 you know, all of this other stuff, <laughs> that, you know, talking about a confrontation between the the pest uh, and, um, slewed mcdowell slade mcdowell at uh one of the the bars that they frequent that was hilarious oh, all dang. this other stuff like yeah he 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 uh yeah he let some stuff out there but it you know really great interview awesome guy but i will say that our first interview with bodine waka mm. when he was still in japan so like you know we had seen bodine waka on the rugby wrap-up prior it, like when he was during going through his uh mlr mvp type of season and he just didn't look like he was into it so i just kind of assumed because we had reached out to him a couple times we didn't hear back no big deal we just like oh he, he's not a media guy which is perfectly yeah. fine perfectly fine you don't have to be um we don't pay anybody to do our show you know so you don't have to do it it is my mindset so but for him to like, we reached out to him, was talking to him while he was in Japan and he would answer us back. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, we would be like, oh, the fans really miss you because, you know, there's always chatter about Waka because he's a legend. And he'd be like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you like to come on the show? And he's like, sure. And I was like, what? You're really going to come on? And he was like, yeah. So we set up a date and he came on the show and he was fan fantastic and he, he really loved was. seeing the fan <clears throat> comments roll in of how people love i think walk is a guy that like loves to be loved and he probably mm. wasn't feeling a lot of love in japan you know Definitely uh, he's, not. he's not the guy over there he's just you know one of the dudes right he, but he's not the guy so you know i think he was probably a little uh, homesick uh, to uh, fort quincy and that's you know, obviously he ended up coming back so that, that was one of those things where like i was super impressed with just how awesome he was down to earth loved talking to us was laughing it up so i just thought that i i, th I think that was like chicken soup for his soul to, yeah to talk to free jacks fans uh you know while he was over there in japan so yeah there's something it about really him good. when you when you get him to crack a smile and genuinely laugh you feel yeah. like you've accomplished something you feel like you've done something <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's an achievement that's been unlocked for sure I told him that I was try uh, I was inventing a new position for somebody like myself, uh, a futility back because <laughs> I can't do anything out there. And he actually like it kind of surprised him and he got a good laugh out of that. I was, like, I was like, wow, he's never heard futility back before. I nailed it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so final two here. They do yep. seem a bit similar, but we, you know, we chatted ahead of time. So I think you get it. The final two are free Jack of the year and then the MVP. So for instance, yep. my free Jack of the year had to be Mitch Jacobson. I thought his, we already talked about it, like his lead by example style and just his ability to fill in for Josh Larson when we asked him to just made a huge difference for our team this year. So the, the free Jack of the year award is about exemplifying that culture that our coaches mm -hmm. and staff have built here. Someone who shows what the free Jacks are all about. What, what are your thoughts for this one? 
I'm going to give an honorable mention first uh, to Justin Johnson. Johnson, excuse me. Uh, nice. I think the, the mechanic is one of those guys that like will do anything that you ask, you know, in the organization. Like I know he drives a lot of the guys around. Like he is the driver of the the, the team bus all the time. Like he no. will just, you know, you put him out. He's a flanker. He does a fantastic job. Normally he's coming off the bench or whatever, but he gives 110% every single time he comes out onto the pitch. Like he, his motor is endless. Like that guy is right. He's always, on the ball like he is there man so like he puts it all out there he does whatever he's asked to do and then of course he came in it was like what is that the, the Houston game perhaps where he had to come in and play wing as a loose forward oh, yeah yeah Unreal. there was a massive shuffling that game that was so weird Unreal. So, like, we called him the electrician instead of the mechanic because he was out there on the wing. And because uh, the <laughs> PA announcer kept calling him Joseph Johnston. So we're like, oh, he's, he's got a little, you know, a little uh, alter ego out there when he's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's on, when he's out on the wing, he becomes yeah. Joseph. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a, such a great guy. But I will say that mine specifically that wins the award is Andrew Quatron. Mm. Guy comes in. Does a fantastic job at hooker, is a difference maker on the pitch with his line out throws, his, you know, skill in the scrum, just so, so good at what he does. And then, of course, everything else is just off the pitch. Amazing, personable guy, loves the community, wants to help build it up around here, will do anything that you ask of him to do, comes on the shows, all of this sort of stuff, you know, really supports the fans, like loves the fans truly, truly, truly. So he is mine. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it reminded me when you mentioned the mechanic, my, my partner had the most brilliant idea just like right at the end of the season. She was like, oh, for Halloween next time, all like you, me, Phil, the Rangers, the Outriders, mm -hmm. like we should all wear Halloween costumes of their nicknames. So you can have the oh. Eagle, the Mechanic, the, the Vampire. Isn't that brilliant? Because there's like That's nine so guys or something that have these great nicknames. Oh, yeah. Wheelbarrow's not here anymore, but that would have been a tough, yeah. awkward costume, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> I think we have a good core list of names or nicknames that, is a great that you could idea. definitely dress up as and just, I, just show up on masses, this massive Halloween group and be like, we're the Free Jacks. I wonder what, when is like halfway to Halloween? Because mm. if it's during the beginning of the season, what, I, don't, I don't know. The math would be like what May or something like that, or no? February. So, so uh, yeah, I'm not really yeah. seeing it. Um, so anyway, if it's during the season, it might be Halloween in June. <laughs> that, that might be it. I think one home game we should definitely all dress up as this, and like hopefully the the fan organization, the supporters groups will be better, and we can get these memos out to people and like encourage yeah. people to dress up and just and maybe take a group photo prior to with all of it and you know put it out on socials. I think it would be a home run. I think that's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. So our final award, of course, unsurprisingly, most valuable player for the New England Free Jacks this year. Um, I'm going to let you go first because I think you probably already know my pick. Mm -hmm. um, who you got for MVP this year? So I will begin by saying that this was a position grade that I gave the worst grade uh, when I did my uh, excuse me position grades prior to the season because oh, yeah. they, just everybody that was included in this position grade was just unproven at the MLR level. Now they had done in other places, but I don't think there was any position where we didn't have anybody coming back or wasn't an MLR veteran or at least been there a year prior. So I gave them the lowest grade. I think I gave them a solid B, which where I come from, North Carolina public schools, you're doing pretty damn good, but. Uh, 
Um, you know, it was the lowest grade. So I will give this to Jason Patras because, you know, leading point score for the entire MLR was clutch all season, made the clear out that if he didn't do that again in the championship MLR final, we would have lost that game. It would have been a turnover. And, you know, San Diego probably keeps possession until they run out the clock and kick it out of bounds. So him being so clutch and so good, a great distributor of the ball, plays very differently than the legend that he replaced in Bodie and Waka. And what a weird, awkward situation was that Waka came back and Jason's still like, hey, I'm pretty good. You know, like I'm going to keep my, <laughs> by the way, I'm going to keep my spot because, you know, I'm really, really good. Um, and he is, and he was. So yeah, I think that guy deserves it. And it isn't interesting that I think everybody last year would have said MVP is Bodin Waka, our fly half. Well, this year it's Jason Potras, our fly half. And by the way, he's probably (laughs) in contention for MLR for the entire, uh, excuse me, MVP of MLR for the entire league. Wouldn't that be interesting that two different fly halves, Free Jacks, win it back to back. Oh man, wow. That would put our our franchise in legendary rarefied air as well, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you you obviously nailed it, Potty for me too. What a yeah, player! Mm-hmm. He showed up so quiet and unassuming, with a baby yeah. in tow. Yeah. I, I had no idea that he would be this vital to our success. I was kind of hoping he'll hold the fort, you know, just yeah. kind of you know hold it down at that position. And he exceeded everywhere, including you. I think you mentioned like on defense, he he was vicious in the ruck. He would come over and turn you yeah. over if you weren't careful. Yeah. Like he was everywhere. Uh, Which is not his job, by the way. Like, he's never looking to clear anybody out. He's looking for a uh, pass to distribute the ball. So for him to be on that and rush up and get that in that critical moment, I mean, it saves the entire season for us. It really did. What a player. We've been so lucky. Unreal. Phil Harris, it has been an amazing year to be a Free Jacks fan, as you like to say, Feels good to be good, right? (laughs) Yes, sir. Any, uh, Any final thoughts on our Free Jacks and Major League Rugby from this past year? If anybody's listening to this and wants to switch allegiances, if you're a, a fan of another team, go ahead, you know, turn your card in and then come jump on the Free Jacks bandwagon. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to uh, judge you in any way. It, yep. This is your one time to transfer. We've got hay bales to sit on. There's absolutely, beer. Absolutely. Yeah. There's beer and cider. You know, we'll have a blast. So, uh, uh, but seriously though, like, Anybody out there that hasn't chosen a MLR team, this is the team for you. They are humble, they're hungry, and they're fun. They're champions. They did it the right way. There's no asterisks necessary for this championship. This is a team that doesn't get, you know, stacked with, you know, old players that are coming over with a walker. This is their last run or anything like that. That's not this the makeup of this team. This team is gritty. They're resilient. They're young, and they have something to prove for the most part. I think they're one of the youngest teams in the league. Um, so I will just say that it is so gratifying and I am so proud of this organization to be a fan of this organization. I, I try to radiate it as much as possible. These guys know what they're doing. They appreciate the fans and we're just so lucky to be a part of this fan base. And I don't think this is over. I think we're going to go on. If we don't win it next year, we'll win it the year after that. We're going to continue to be a playoff team. And I think we're going to continue to win trophies and shields for many, many years to come because this organization has been created the right way and it is being executed at a very, very high level, players and staff. So just jump on board if you're not on board yet. You will not regret this. This is your Uncle Phil talking to you. You're doing the right thing if you become a Free Jacks fan because it is always great. (laughs) Step into the light. It is great to be a Free Jack fan. It is great to be a Ranger. You're missing out if you're not joining on. 
Are, are you worried that our CEO might suddenly decide to completely rebrand us and change our color to green and not ask anyone about it? Oh, wait, that never. would never happen, right? Never, <laughs> never. would that happen. <laughs> never would that happen. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little worried that he might get bored of the challenge of doing this because he's done so well and he might just go start, you know, you know, building houses in, in the wilderness of uh, of New Hampshire as a job or something like that. Like, <laughs> we're so lucky to have the people that are in leadership positions within this organization. Like, we don't understand because you can just look at, like, Atlanta, for example, the people, the exactly. management team that is running that team. If you compare them to us, like, there's no contest, man. Like, we are so fortunate to have people running this thing that we can appreciate, and they appreciate us, so... What's next for the Jacks Rangers show? Are, do you have plans for the off season? Um, are you going to take a well-earned break? I feel like you deserve to just pass out for a few weeks if you felt like it. So I feel like the the last the first time, season that we did this, we started in like April, and then by the end of the season, I was like, "All right, we'll see you guys in January, or whatever." And then it didn't stop, and it didn't stop last year. So I, I think you know I do need to take a bit of a break, but I don't know when that's going to happen because you know next week I'm I'm. Before we jumped on here, I'm in the process of editing stuff and releasing it, and I've still got to promote all that stuff. And then next week, we want to do a recap of our show that you'll be joining, hopefully, as an outrider to talk about the, the season ending. And then from there, we're going to have TK on, the general manager, and it's just going to go on and on and on. So uh, will the, will there be uh, distance between the episodes that's not normal, like compared to the end season? Yes, absolutely. But there's youth rugby to be discussed about in New England. Like we're, Ooh, we're nice. a free Jack centric show, but there's still things to cover around here. Like uh, when Mystic plays in the ARP, the American Rugby Premiership, we want to cover that as well because there's going to be some development guys that yeah, will be yeah. included in that uh, that uh, Mystic team. So I definitely want to get behind that and talk about that. I love that you have those connections where you're able to get into that too. That Hell yeah. <laughs> Buzzy, a legend, and their, their coach Bubs, Great people, so happy to support the uh, Mystic. Yeah, Buzzy's one of a kind, man. Oh, man. Oh, um, yeah. Phil, thank you as always for joining us here. It's been an absolute blast as always. Uh, enjoy basking in the glow of the championship shield and your own winner's shield that you've got. Uh, feel free to put it back on. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to you sometime soon. And uh, yeah, man, what a ride. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will talk to you soon, my friend. What a ride. Huzzah. Woo.